0: To the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the Road Trip goth, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community health care. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland.
0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors. This is Bruce Neeland with another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. And boy, am I excited to be here today. I've got a chance to talk with two pharmacy experts, one who actually owns a pharmacy and does stuff, and another who kind of coaches and helps people on how to do it. And um, so uh, we're going to jump right in, and and, uh, I'm going to ask Scott Wittenbell to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about who he is and how he helps pharmacies as part of the Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, or IPC, Pharmacy Services Team. Is that right, Scott W.? we got two Scots, so we're going to say Scott W. and Scott P., and you'll find out who Scott P. is in just a minute. So, Scott W., tell us who you are.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Bruce. Uh, It's an honor to be with you today, and uh, my name is Scott Whitnabel, and I I work as a Bruce said, I work with members at Independent Pharmacy Cooperative. And, um, you know, I, I work with the nine regional directors. I'm the senior member advisor on that team. And also work with our inside reps and, and member service and, and the credit department and uh been blessed to work with thousands of independent pharmacy owners and managers over the years, uh a, a little over a decade. And In my time, I've been able to talk with and experience a lot of what happens in a pharmacy through their eyes and through their experiences. And our focus today will be centered on one part of our mission that uh, helps helps members enhance profitability as it relates to their primary wholesale agreements. Primary wholesale agreements or PVA, primary
0: vendor agreements, is the topic for today. You've all got one, um, whether you like it or not, and we're going to try to share a little bit of information how you can take fuller advantage of it. And now we have the real world person, the one who, oh. the one who has to make that work. This is Scott Patterson. And I got to tell you, Scott and I go back.
2: Long ways. <laughs> 35,
0: 35 years. Um, and, uh, and I, I, we're going to have an argument here in a little bit. Who's been with Health Mart longer, or he's obviously been with Health Mart for years, but he and I were, uh, colleagues or friends when I was with Health Mart back in the eighties. And Scott was on our advisory board and he was a wonderful retailer then. And he survived, which would indicate he's a good retailer now.
2: So Scott Patterson, introduce yourself and tell our listeners who you are. Uh, good morning. I'm Scott Patterson. Uh, I am a pharmacist and a business owner, and I've never known exactly what I want to do when I grow up. So I do a lot of different things, but I am blessed to have six pharmacies, uh, and they aren't a molded type of pharmacy like many small chains. We have uh, two large stores, two small stores, uh, one clinic pharmacy, and one closed-door pharmacy. So a variety of different things that we do, compounding, um, uh, Our newest venture is hearing aids, and so we've been blessed over the years, and I've been blessed. to Bruce and my path has crossed numerous times at either conventions, doing things. He's been out to even visit my store once. That's right. And uh, I was there the
0: day after you had the tornado. You're from Kansas. Yes. Um, So you've had a few tornadoes out that direction. It was the only one I've ever lived through. They actually made us go to the center of the hotel and all line up in the hall on the bottom floor. So that was an exciting way to get introduced to Clay Center, Kansas. So PVAs, uh, primary vendor agreements. Um, Scott, tell us a little, Scott Wittenbell, Scott W, tell us a little bit about PVAs,
1: where'd they come from, and what's the key things to look for? Well, Bruce, in my travels and uh, working with members throughout the years, you know, I hear a lot of things. Uh, they say they're trying to establish, find out the rules of the game, uh, establish a strategy that helps to optimize that. And, and and I've seen a lot of strategies work in different ways, uh, taking away a lot of tools and best practices. and. You know, these are necessary from the primary wholesaler as a, a, to establish that relationship so that pharmacies can get everything that they need. Uh, And, you know, we've seen over the years, more relationships develop outside of the primary vendor agreement, but that still seems to be a staple within community pharmacy and and, and in the the independent realm. So, uh, you know, I've kind of broken it down into, into four steps. When working with members to try to help them optimize their agreement, what's step number one, Scott? Well, it really starts with analysis. Okay, uh, it's important to to identify your your representatives. And uh, every wholesaler will have a representative that works with the pharmacy owner and manager. Uh, if they're part of a buying group, they'll have a representative there as well, and they can help guide in outlining the the guidelines as it relates specifically to compliance and the cost structure. Okay. So I've seen different models work in different ways. And it's important to look at different models because every model will impact the workflow differently in each pharmacy. And there's different tools required as well to optimize those models. So how do you determine the cost of your cost of your items tell us a little bit about determining the price you know that that's really step 2 and, and i hear all the time people say uh, i don't know what my final price is i don't know if i'm making money on a prescription or not and so we were once we identify the the tools or the, or the guide the guidelines within the agreement then we'll use those to break down the cost and, and that's really going to be impacted by the invoice discount and then monthly, quarterly, and sometimes yearly rebates that are paid as well. So rebates, kind of a critical part. You have to get them, right? Yeah, and, and there's a key component to that now. Uh, there's always a compliance measure. Most, if not all, agreements out there have some form of compliance measure that's uh in the GCR category. And that really looks at the, or measures the percentage of total RX purchased that are generics. Now there are other compliance measures. It might be percent of um, the wholesale source generics to the total generics. It might be percentage of prescriptions bought to those dispensed and might be the percentage of specialty and some other ratios as well. Okay.
0: So, I mean, that's a lot of moving parts and I I take it that part of what you and your team do is, is help a pharmacy, not only understand it, but to
1: monitor those moving parts. Yeah, they really, there's a uh, need to manage those sometimes monthly, quarterly. So, We go, I'll go in and and we work with members then to help them identify the tools, Uh, these tools might be in their pharmacy management system, Uh, they're likely in their ordering platform from their wholesaler. And then there's other tools that they can, they can use by partnering with other vendors uh, to, um, uh, you know, to manage these ratios.
0: So I'm going to turn to Scott P, who actually has to do this. Do you do this, or do you have people on your team who get assigned to watch this? And what insights can you share with our listeners about how to maximize their
2: maximize lowering their cost of goods? Okay, uh, my experience my experience is that yes, I kind of do the negotiation of the contract. Then my employees get to tell me how bad the contract was yeah. because of underwater claims. And so I was in the process of getting ready to renegotiate my supplemental supply agreement and reached out to my uh, area representative for IPC. And basically, he got me in contact with Scott. Scott called me and uh, went through the analysis. And basically, it was really a godsend to me. Uh, He made it simple, easy, showed me some some things that I hadn't looked at before on McKesson Connect and also on HealthMart Atlas that I could see um, what my final costs were, and then I could compare it to what uh, McKesson was proposing for my new supply agreement. And so you you w- were you able to get something
0: better than you had?
2: Yes, there's always some give and take. Yeah. So I had to give some things, but Scott told me a few things that I should my ass should be and that helped a lot because when you look at these they're fairly intricate and and there's a lot of moving parts in them and some of the things that McKesson wanted to delete I felt were difficult for me to give up but on the other hand with Scott's help he kind of showed me some areas that I could negotiate with McKesson and and it I think worked out to be a good contract uh, for both of us well
0: and and I'm going to insert here one of the ideas that comes to my mind how many of the other pharmacy owners contracts have you seen? I haven't really seen anybody. None. That's right. So Scott, (laughs) how many, Scott W., how many different pharmacy contracts
1: have you seen? Well, in their entirety, uh, you know, a handful. I'm not
0: looking for a literal
1: number, but many. Sure, many. And, you know, also throughout the years, Bits and pieces, and those bits and pieces are really important, and as Scott mentioned, you know, breaking this down, it really helps us moving forward uh, to, to take the next step. And that's that's to develop a purchase strategy. Now that we know what the guidelines are, we know what the tools are, we understand how to get to the final price, We'll look at a strategy and develop that, and that's really important because, you know, as Scott and I work together on that, uh, there's there's other other store managers and other people doing the ordering, so it's a really important that once the strategy is developed, to then communicate that to to every all parties in, involved, um, and and then have regular reviews. Initially, might be weekly touch points to make to make some t- small tweaks, and then monthly. And then I always recommend quarterly and yearly reviews of this information as well. Um,
0: and this is, I mean, when you went to pharmacy school, you learned how to negotiate
2: contracts, right? Oh, yes. We <laughs> spent, that was like Pharmacy 101, but it, it, no, they didn't cover that at all. Yeah. You know, this is a different world than when when I started.
0: Well, and you know, the piece that that strikes me from this conversation is, you know you're you're looking at it up close you live with it you live or die by what happens here but Scott W and his team they get to see a bunch of these and that just makes them an important ally when you finally sit down to negotiate this i mean that that perspective of being able to know what somebody else got what somebody else got what somebody else got what that looked like um that's a valuable asset that i think you to emphasize a little bit more you've you've got experience in doing this i'm trying to sell my house right now and um you know that i i've signed 20 documents that you know i i attest that i'm going to read them before i read them and i am have read haven't read any of them but i'm trusting my realtor and it it strikes me that uh, you know that you you have that perspective that you can guide and direct. So I, I'm interested in the strategy. Tell me just a little bit more. I mean, what are two or three strategic
1: things that you bring to the table? Well, there's a lot there, Bruce. Uh, the first one is identifying those partners that can help. So I'd encourage all owners out there, reach out to your buying group representatives, reach out to your your uh, wholesale representatives you know, and if you don't have a representative that you can you can trust maybe, or that, that can help break this down for you and you're, that you're comfortable with, is uh, then reach out to us at IPC and we can help guide that as well. Whether it's knowing what questions to ask or what things to look for uh, within your business, uh, you know, we, we can kind of start there. Uh, but also, you know, as it relates to, to different trends, uh, we're seeing a lot of different impacts here that, uh, that people have to build into their strategy. And it might be differential pricing as it relates to brand name discounts. And uh, tell me what that means. Sure. You'd have a, typically the, the discount on brands is, is communicated in a wholesale acquisition or a WAC minus invoice discount. And it's important to know what that discount is, but then also what what brand names that, that uh, impacts. Because you might have specialty, uh, GLP-1 items are, are are fitting into that now, where you may not qualify for your invoice discount, that's standard. And it's important to know what those are and how those are impacted by the formularies and, and maybe the, what the prescribers are writing in your area. So... Any practical
0: applications of this, Scott P. That you can share, where you might have made another, saved a dollar or something like that?
2: Yeah, uh, there were several suggestions that Scott made, and part of it is we have 340B, and that impacts our buying of generics and buying of brand names and that, and and we've been fortunate, blessed, because it's been good for our stores to have 340B. Uh, two of my stores do not, and that makes a huge difference. One thing that has impacted me a great deal, or I hope will impact me, with some of the things that Scott showed me on uh, the website, the McKesson website, that I can make my other pharmacies more compliant and get better discounts than what we've been receiving now. A few things that we've missed, and and you don't have to miss it far, miss the mark far, and you lose your discount. And so Scott has volunteered to coach my other five, six pharmacists that work in the stores that are actually the worker bees and go through these same uh, graphs and charts and make sure that we are being compliant, getting the best discount. So it was very helpful and uh, I really appreciate his work for with me on looking at the contract but more, more important is how that contract will impact my pharmacies down the road.
1: Well, and you mentioned something there that stands out when you mentioned 340B. You know, there's different, as, as pharmacies and owners look to branch outside of standard re, traditional retail pharmacy, 340B, long-term care, other segments impact that. And it's really important, and I encourage everyone to break down the profitability of each one of those segments. By themselves, but then also how it relates to the profitability of the overall, the package deal, if you will, and, and how that impacts your retail pharmacy, also. So I'm going to make
0: uh, that famous mistake that they say lawyers should do is never ask a question they don't already know the answer to. But, uh, but I am I I am intrigued by what you say there with long-term care and 340B. I mean, are are you equipped to help? coach a guy on whether that's a good idea or not for him based on what you know about the marketplace and and what you clearly know about the the
1: pricing stuff you know that's a great question and and i can work within uh, the parameters of what's considered high level for those and what's great about ipc is i have other uh, members of my team and the pharmacy services team that are experts in that area and then we also rely on many of our vendor partners to help where, where we need gaps filled in as well. Okay, and has the
0: 340B program been a good part of your business, Scott P?
2: Yes, it has been an excellent part, uh, for the most part. There are always headaches. Inventory yeah. swell has been a problem with almost every pharmacist, and we've talked to I've talked to many of my friends and cohorts about how do you operate your pharmacy more efficiently. Keep the inventory down. You know, we've gotten some things. Uh, we're working with our uh, pharmacy computer network to try to in, improve our turns because turns are where yeah. you make the money. And uh, so, yeah, 340B has been a big benefit to our pharmacies.
0: And then you've got the long term care facility. I'm assuming that's a segregated. Inventory, completely different contracts and all that stuff. Yeah, different
2: contracts, different reimbursements, uh, no DIR fees, which is huge in this market. And so, yeah, it and those are all moving parts, and it seems like they all change. And that was one thing that Scott helped me through on looking at some different things that maybe if I did take out a segment of drugs, that McKesson would give me a different discount it would improve my overall discount on the rest of my product. And so that was one of the main things that we focused on, I think, when you and I talked.
1: Right. And then moving forward, the the, the strategy will be to look at how that all relates to your long-term care and 340 business, 340B business as well. So trends, I mean, we're in interesting
0: times in pharmacy. Uh, I've been around in August 50 years and and all 50 of them have been interesting times in pharmacy, but what are you, Scott W., what are two or three of the things that you see coming at us that you really want to help people get prepared for?
1: Well, the differential pricing was one that, you know, we touched on. I can't stress enough. It's important to identify that segment, the what and how, how much of a discount there is on that, and then the segments that that are, are broken down, uh, as well as this one of the things to look at is as we see secondary source options and uh that segment growing in the secondary market it's really important to break down the impact those have on the rest of the business because it's really easy to take a phone call and start placing orders but if that's not built into the strategy it'll be really important to to maybe overstock yourself and change your inventory turns, and you know, with the, the DIR uh, cliff coming and and the hangover that that'll create, we uh, that could have some impact. So it's really important to look at those turns now and and make sure that you understand how all these sources that you're buying from impact those those costs as well. Scott, any specific example? I mean, maybe a
0: drug or something like that that you've had an opportunity to to buy different or buy
2: better and Talk a little bit about the secondary market. I mean, you, we I have uh, one of my pharmacists is very, very good at uh, looking at buying uh, from the secondary market. He will compare and we usually use a 25 to 30 percent cost difference as kind of the marker. and I and he does a very good job. And I was going to say, you know, there are all sorts of things. Uh, levothyroxine probably comes to mind. That is one thing that we see that we can buy on the secondary market a lot less expensive than what we do from our primary vendor. One of the things that I feel at one of my other pharmacies they were doing too much of the secondary market buying, right, and ended up losing valuable discount on all all my other purchases, and so we went, and if I can mention a, a name, our ex-assassins, and they have helped that store a lot in making sure that we're a compliant pharmacy as far as making sure we get to the quotas that, that yeah. are put forth.
0: Well, you know, and it, it it's funny, I, it re, there's that old saying, you're tripping over dollars to save pennies, and, yep. And, and I think the, the mindset of many pharmacists is detail-oriented. They love looking at numbers. They love looking at details. And God bless America, I'm glad they do because they got to look at an awful lot of NDC <laughs> numbers and, and keep track of all those details. But it's easy for a person to think that they can save their way to success and, you know, the time spent and the risk of losing the, the gen, you know, the generic cl- compliance, that's easy for me to say, com- generic com- gen- <laughs> I, you know, you all know what I'm trying to say. So stop laughing. And, the GCR? Uh, <laughs> you know, the GCR. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's why we have acronyms. And, and you know, I, I, I worked for a guy back in my early parts of my careers, you know, was saying, you know, you you, you not only have to figure out how to save, but you need to figure out how to grow. And, um, you know, figuring out how to market the pharmacy, how to build that segment of the pharmacy that's making money, uh, you know, that deserves an awful lot of attention as well. So it's it's a balance. It's a, it's a fine balance. Um, I think we're coming up on the close here. So I'm going to ask Scott W., I guess I'm jumping off script here, but I do that a lot. Um, you know, kind of Give us the the one zinger, the thing that you really want pharmacists to know or do different because they listen to this. And then Scott P. will go to you for the for the close. But I always get the last words. So. OK,
1: well, I would encourage everyone to look for some red flags uh, that would prompt you to want to have this discussion with one of your representatives. And, you know, if I can take a minute to do that. I, Please. Yeah. I, th- I think look at your we talked about brand names and the invoice discount and those can change quarterly. And because it's an invoice discount. And I think sometimes people look at those and order those without necessarily thinking as much as, as they're, they do about generics because there isn't the secondary source options for those like there is uh, for the generics. So as it relates to brands, check your last purchase price. And if you're seeing that your commonly used brands are a higher price than they were maybe last quarter, that's a red flag that you you'll want to investigate why. And it's a simple call to one of your representatives, uh, partners at uh, the wholesale representative or the buying group representative, and find out why. Uh, start to look at your trends. You know, get familiar with how much specialty insulin, GLP one, uh, in those classes, and and get familiar with how much of that you're dispensing now versus a year ago and then how it relates to your costs. Uh, if if that has spiked and it's having an impact on, on your costs, that's a good reason to call your rep. Just ask for a, re- a review. If it's been a while, uh, ask for a review. And if you, you know, again, don't have a trusted source for that, uh, give us a call. Uh, Another, and just to make sure you know who to
0: call, I'm. This is sponsored by the Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, so uh, you can find them on the internet at uh, www.ipcrx.com, and 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 I'm sure somebody'd be happy to take your call. So,
1: well, thank you. Thanks for the commercial there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I also uh, working with members over the years all over the country. You know, there's. The, we talked about shopping around a little bit. If, if you feel like you have to buy a hundred percent from your private, from one wholesaler, or if you have to have 10 or 12 wholesalers, then it's a good reason to have a review and develop a, a strategy and look at how different strategies can impact your business. That that I'm going to emphasize that
0: one is too few and 10 is too many. <laughs> That's
2: right. That is right. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, if you don't know your compliance measures or if, you're not achieving your targets or if you don't know if you're achieving your targets, those are all red flags as well. If that's the case, find a representative that can break that down for you. Yeah, that's good. Scott P. Yes. Any
2: more story success you can share? Well, I think number one is I think your buying plan is just like walking into your store. We all think we know exactly what, what it is and how good it looks. But you know it's always good to have outside eyes look at something and give us an honest assessment of how that compares with what is being provided in the field. My second thought is I want to give Scott a lot of business here and keep his staff really working hard. I can't tell you how much he helped me just looking at the numbers. And I'm kind of a numbers guy, but he showed me some numbers that I hadn't looked at before. So my final closing is we all need to find more places where we have cash business. And, you know, that's why we're looking at hearing aids We're whatever we can do to generate cash business in our store. That's the King, uh, you know, and, and you
0: hit on one of my favorite, favorite topics. And at breakfast today, talking with a couple other pharmacy owners, we, you know, we got onto that topic and, and, uh, the, the the point i like to make is the biggest problem with cash customers is between the owners two ears um you 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 <laughs> you start thinking about it and I, I i'll tell you that it was one of the in your face experiences i talked to a guy about 3 years ago who um sent me a copy of a news he's on the local news because he was doing pgx pgx testing, pharmacogenomics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I called him up and said, Hey, tell me about this. And I says, how much does it cost? And he says, well, I charge 600 bucks. And, and I said, will insurance pay for that? And he said, hell no. And I hope they never do. (laughs) And, you know, and I stuttered and I said, well, why? And he says, well, if insurance starts paying for it, My reimbursement is going to go down to the point where it won't be worth doing. Uh, He also talked about how it was helpful for people not to have their insurance company know what their results were. So there was a little bit of legitimacy in that as well. But people pay for stuff that they want. They won't pay for what they've gotten for free they won't pay in your pharmacy if it looks exactly the same as it looked in the past so if you're going to get into stuff you got to spruce it up you got to make it look right you got to you got to fix the appearance of your store up but you know my wife goes to a Bowen therapy thing which is some kind of combination between acupuncture and massage And she pays a hundred bucks a session for that. Now we have the money to do it. But I did some volunteer work for my church in inner city, Philadelphia, a few years ago. And these were the poorest of poor people, but they all had gold jewelry because they wanted it and they figured out a way. And, you know, the final thing I'll say about paying, well, they had the cell phones, you know, Scott P pulls out his phone, they all had the cell phones, and that boggled my mind because they weren't all that common back in 2005, 2006. But there's programs for people to get those. Um, But the point is, is people will pay for what they want, and they will want what you show them will make them feel better. And that's, you know, my bottom line is you're not in the business of filling prescriptions, you're in the business of making people feel better. And that's medicine does that. But it's your attitude and your friendly demeanor, and the advice that you give. And, you know, the products that you sell that will help them feel better, whether it's a drug nutrient depletion, or whether it's, you know, uh, you know, skin, skin cream or something. And I, I love to say, you know, Twenty percent of the population has diabetes. hundred percent of us have skin. Yeah. Um, so there's huge ways to go, and they're being opened up, and and they're there. So uh, I, I've waxed, hopefully eloquent. At least I've waxed. At least I've waxed too long. But you know, I'm I'm delighted to uh, to reconnect with you, Scott P. And and um, have wonderful memories of visiting your store. You know, eight years ago yeah. now. It's been a long time. And Scott Wittenbell, thank you so much. For that, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bruce Nealon signing off with another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads, where we hope something we've said here today will help you do more and be better. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.